When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the CHGO Bulls Podcast Friday HQ edition. I'm your host, Will Gottlieb. You can find me on Twitter at Will underscore Gottlieb. And I am joined, as always, on these special HQ Fridays with my good friend, Mark Kay, down in Australia, at MK Hoops on Twitter. Mark, how are you doing today? How's Saturday morning treating you? Fantastic, William. Fantastic. It's going great. Just loving life at the moment. Um, how are you? How are you, my friend? Um, do you know you're my work husband now going forward? Is that right? You don't you don't have any other work husbands I need to be worried about. No, 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 just, just you. So the, the the context here is, yesterday I did a um uh, an AMA type thing on Twitter. Not that it got much buzz, but you know, one person well, asked. I me, did I did see this and I chose to ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> one person asked me. Uh, well, I was going to say let's say let's say F Mary kill. Let's put it that way. It's a family show. And, and they asked me between yourself, Dave, and and Matthew, who who would who would be my F marry kill, and I, I said I would marry you. You'd be my trophy wife. So, I think the really interesting question in here, as I continue so. to just ignore that, is uh, <laughs> who would you kill between Matt and Dave? And also, is this Matt, really something we should be putting on a live <laughs> YouTube channel? It's definitely Matt. Come on, I mean, let's, if we're being honest, like, come on. We're not, we're not. You guys would you guys would argue a lot. I can see that that marriage not ending well. No. Um, cool. Well, that was uh, maybe a good segue <laughs> into talking about the potential marriages of the Bulls to Demar Derozan and Patrick Williams. How's that for a segue? Um, that's that's kind of what we're talking about today. We are again in the deadest of the dead time of year for the NBA. There's not a lot that's going on, but. Uh, the the cap nerds in us are always thinking ahead, thinking about what the Bulls roster will look like, obviously this year, but also into the future over the next couple of years, over the Zach Levine max contract that he got last summer. Um, Vooch obviously re-signed with the Bulls this season, and we've talked about that a good bit. But DeMar DeRozan, quietly extension eligible. Um, I actually don't know when the first day that he is eligible to sign an extension because the summer that he signed in 2020, the offseason was pushed back because of the delayed start to the season. So he may not be able to actually sign the dotted line right now. But um, seeing as it was a two-year contract, he should be able to sign it through next season, same as Vooch, until like the last day of the NBA calendar year. So the Bulls have some time to work out an extension. Um, and we thought we would get into that. We've also got Patrick Williams, who is up for a rookie scale extension. Um and how do the Bulls approach that, given their cap realities and where we are? So Friday afternoon, evening, Saturday morning for you. We're just going to be digging into the cap stuff. But um, where should we start with this, Mark? Do you want to just talk quickly about the teams that actually the the, the Bulls and what his extension is, what it could be, um, and just sort of like what the the numbers are looking like for a potential extension? 
Yeah, so let's let's, let's get dive into it. But I, I guess stepping one, taking one step back just for the moment. I mean, free agency is effectively done. Yeah, we've got to figure out the Dame thing. Well, I say we. When, when, it won't be you and I figuring out the Dame thing. The NBA will be figuring out the Dame thing. I guess the same thing is true for James Harden. But beyond that, it's like free agency is effectively done. There's not really any good players remaining out there. So the the attention of people will be pivoting away from free agency and, and into extensions. We just saw earlier today that Anthony Davis got a huge extension for the Los Angeles Lakers. So I think more player movement, if we want to call it that, will be centered around who gets an extension and who doesn't. So that's why we're talking about this today, in, in addition to obviously the fact that there's not, there's not much else to talk about. But uh, DeMar and Pat are extension eligible or will be soon. DeMar is eligible for a four-year, $154 million deal from the Bulls. Now, just because he's eligible for that doesn't mean he's going to be getting that. I certainly would imagine and certainly hope he wouldn't be getting anything close to that particularly the four years but um you never know i suppose with ak he does love to throw around those contracts but yeah essentially damari is in line for a big payday he can receive a big payday um his current contract is you know approximately 20 percent of the cap his new deal would be certainly more worth more than that um i think we can both unequivocally say that he's outplayed the current deal he's on despite you know, my trepidation, at least I won't speak for yourself. The, the day he signed that deal, I thought it was probably more than that, what they needed to pay. And I still do think it's probably more than what they needed to pay. But irrespective of that, he's outplayed that contract. So uh, good on for, good on DeMar for doing what he's done over the last two years. I kind of hope he does get an extension with the Bulls. I'll go, go into that in a little bit more detail later. But um, I don't definitely don't want to pay him for 154 But uh, based on what the Bulls are doing currently, I think, it makes sense to give DeMar a contract extension. So whether that's somewhere between three years and 81, his current deal, and somewhere between four years and 154, who knows? But I'm hoping DeMar and AK are having the conversation at least. Yeah, so um, slight, I don't don't know if it's a correction. I'm just seeing multiple numbers, and I know I wrote this down, so I don't want to, this is just, you know, correcting myself here, but we, I have written down for 154. I've also seen, um, like four one seventy, uh, that could be a potential other number. So I'm just not exactly sure, but it's going to be in that range. And to your point, whatever it is, like that's a lot of money, four and a lot, especially for four, four, four and a lot, lot. For, <laughs> for a really good player, but an older player nonetheless. And I think that is really the key here. If Demar's like age twenty seven, you're talking about a max extension, um, but he's not. He's just had his age thirty three season. He's going to be turning thirty four. Uh, just ahead of the season starting actually in about three days. So happy birthday to you tomorrow. Um, And I think the other interesting piece to this, uh, just to like add some context is like where the bulls are in their like roster building arc. And Mm -hmm. the fact that they just gave Vooch the 360 deal, the fact that they are committed to bring everybody back. I mean, Things could change depending how the season goes and like how they perform relative to expectations this upcoming year. But to me, you kind of have to bring them back just understanding what you've done this past summer, right? Like you don't bring Vooch back for three more years and then let DeMar walk. Um, so I think they're they're kind of, again, boxing themselves into a bit of a corner. You mentioned the way they handled the sign-in trade in the first place, maybe overpaying a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. the way that, you know, I don't want to say they necessarily overpaid for Vooch. I think they paid more than the bare minimum, which, you know, I, like 
We, we can it's say that. Tricky, it's, it's, a tricky, it's a tricky situation because I don't think it just it works necessarily just like we'll pay you one dollar more than the next highest bidder because you have to like maintain the relationship too and you have to like make sure that the player is going right. to be like there's just there's relationship context. No, no, I, no. Sorry. I thought you were talking about it, the trade, the time of the trade, the current deal. Yeah, fine. I, I completely agree. Yeah. No, no, no. The trade. Yeah, we can. We can objectively say that was a disaster, but in terms of the extension, I think yeah, 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 yeah. it's, yeah. you know, relatively an overpay, like other teams would not have been able to give them that deal. But um, I think there's like more context that goes into it. I say that to mm-hmm. say um, you could see how this would also affect the DeMar negotiation. So you mentioned uh, currently in the final year of his $381 million deal, he's making $28.6 million this upcoming year which is approximately 21% of the salary cap. If you extrapolate that math over to the projected cap for next year, it would be about $29.82 million. And I guess I'll just like say that number and let you riff on it because to me, like that's a lot of money, but I think it's obviously less than what the max would be. And I think given his production, and how you can kind of think about his game aging, it doesn't seem like it, you know, like the number itself may be big, but we have to continue to remind ourselves that like all these numbers are going to be really big. And it's really the percentage of the cap that it takes up. That's the important figure here. Yeah. And that number makes complete sense to me. I mean, if we use Chris Middleton as somewhat of a baseline or facsimile, he just got a three-year deal worth $102 million by the box after declining his $40 million player option so three years 100 million the number that i had in my head was 390 similar to the number that kyle larry signed when he's when he joined the heat at a similar age in or a similar point in his career uh i think three in three years 90 million is a is a, the type of deal that demar's looking at like effectively trying to make the same money that only that his current deal has but uh replicating again uh, that again over the ne- another three-year period and whether there's a slight bump to make it three years 100 like chris middleton that's the number he's going to be commanding from the balls. And I think that's actually kind of fair, to be honest with you. Again, people I don't think have got their heads around these new numbers that are flying around the NBA. They're huge. They're exorbitant. They're, we're not used to seeing these type of numbers, particularly for guys that are 34, 35 years of age. But a three-year $100 million now is not the same thing as a three-year $100 million deal from five years ago. It's a very different context. But so whilst I think paying him thirty million annually is more than fine, it's probably even he would still probably outproduce that contract given where his state of play has been the last two years. Uh, I think that's more than fine, but I think there's just a general sentiment among the fan base that a lot of people just don't want Demar here back at all, irrespective of what the number is. We've got to hold my beer in the comments here, suggesting that he doesn't want Demar to come back. At least I'm interpreting this correctly that he doesn't want Demar to come back because he's not enabling the team to take the next step. And I think a lot of Bulls fans feel that way for whatever reason. They feel like Damar is holding the team back either because of he's in the way of some of the young guys or his play style is somehow impacting the team from taking the next step, whatever it might be. So even though Damar has been fantastic for the Bulls, has been the Bulls' best player for the two, for the last two seasons, has been an all-star the last two seasons, an all-NBA player in year one, clearly the best player on the team, has been a constant plus-minus uh, you know, being a plus in the plus minus category, let's say. Uh, I think for whatever reason, a lot of fans want to move on from DeMar and the, and the, the notion of paying him 
you know, anything in an extension. I don't think a lot of people are, are really interested in that, which I find surprising given how good DeMar has been. But maybe coming back to the point that you noted before, like what else are we going to be doing here, friends? Like we'll get into the cap details in, in a second, but you've virtually played everyone else. You're going to be over the cap. What what are you doing without Demar? Like, are we trying to trade him now in the in the final year of his deal? Maybe maybe you do try to do that, but what are you getting back for Demar in a trade? It's not going to be a lot. So in that at that point, why are you actively trying to make your team worse when you're already over the cap? And because you're going to be over the cap, you're not going to be a free agent team next next summer to sort of replace him. So you're effectively trying to be the Bulls without Demar, and I don't think that's a good recipe for anything. So I don't. A part of the reason why I want to extend Demar because like what the hell else are you going to do? I don't think there's many other opportunities to do anything creative. Um, and maybe I'm wrong about that, but that based on what I see, that that's kind of how it's shaping up. So I, I think you almost have to sign Demar because you have no other option. And that, I mean, the Bulls are to blame for that because that's the position they put themselves in. But I, d- I just think Demar is worth more to the Bulls than whoever his replacement would be because his replacement is probably at best someone on the mid-level exception, which clearly that player can't replace a demand or as another player and i think the the like key there is not only that he's more important to the bulls than he would be to than the replacement would be to the bulls he's more important to the bulls than he would be to any other team and i think that's a product of the way that they've constructed the roster but we talk about the next step for this team after demar the, the step is the bottom falls out like this team will not be good without demar DeRozan. and not saying they're great now but I think this brings you back to the conversation about why they should have traded Vooch at the past trade deadline and how in not doing so, they sort of box themselves into this same group for three more years. That's getting older. um, That's getting more expensive. That's becoming, you know, it's becoming less possible or easy to add talent around the edges. And again, we, we, Praise AK and Mark Eversley for what they did this summer, bringing in uh, Javon Carter and Torrey Craig, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Those are great signings. Um, but the the they're just digging themselves into a deeper hole. And I think, you know, the the window to trade Demar was probably at its absolute peak last trade deadline. Um, they probably could have gotten a lot for him coming off of his second straight All Star year. He kind of tapered off to end the season. He had the hip or quad or whatever it was injury that was nagging. Um, Bulls missed the playoffs. Zach really yeah. took a step forward and left Demar kind of in a somewhat of a backseat. So I don't think the value to another team is going to be where it is. I think he's also a really tough fit with a lot of other teams. And I think that's really the sentiment that people are talking about with let's move on from Demar so that Patrick Williams can flourish. It's like, well, a little bit more complicated than that because I think the team gets a lot worse, but it also does open up a lot of opportunity, a lot of usage for somebody else to step in. I think that's really what people want to see. I don't think that would result in wins. Um, but I also don't think that like this trajectory that they're on, that they, that they're, you know, continuing to, to double down on and dig themselves, you know, deeper into this pathway. I don't think that's necessarily resulting in wins either. So I do think it's a bit of a complicated decision but just going back to that number of you know just just south of thirty million dollars or approximately thirty million dollars, to me that's like a fine number for Demar, and we can talk about how that relates to the rest of the cap. But I don't think Demar's taking that. I think Demar would want more than that. You look at what some of these other guys are getting, 
Um, I mean, that's basically like half of what Jalen Brown's going to be making in a couple of years. Like that, that's just such a small number relative to the other all-star players around this league. And yes, you have to factor in the age, but you know, DeMar has done so much for this franchise. They love him. Um, he's really like been the, the focal point of the, like the bridge from this last era of rebuild to the current era of like attempting to be competitive. And he has just so much respect around the league within the organization from players around the league and within the organization. So I don't know that he's getting that kind of money from other teams just because of the fit, like the fit and also who has money. But I also don't know if I'm like taking $30 million if I'm DeMar for everything I've done for this team. Well, see, that's why I think he would take it because I don't think that money maybe necessarily exists out there for him in free agency for a host of different reasons. He can command that type of money from the Bulls because he's he's effectively their number one option, their best player. So as we spoke about before, he he's probably more valuable to the Bulls than he is for another team. And by that, you know, because of that, he, he can command more money from the Bulls than, say, whoever a team might be with cap space, at least a, a, a similarly tiered team, a team that's actually trying Well, let me, trying let me just to make the cut you off there for a second so we can rattle off some of the teams that these are 16 teams that can create cap space next year. Mm-hmm. That does not mm-hmm. mean they're going to, it will depend on what they do with their own free agents, but yeah. there, there are 16 teams that can create uh cap space. And some of them is only like seven or $10 million, but magic Pistons Spurs 76ers Raptors Wizards Jazz Thunder Pacers Rockets Hornets Knicks Nets Bulls Warriors Kings. Obviously the Warriors are going to be super expensive. Um, once the Draymond and Clay extensions kick in, uh, the Kings just extended Demonis Sabonis. Um, you know who knows what's going to happen with the Knicks. They've got a lot of moving parts, but their contract looks pretty good. Or their their books look good right now. But then you've got like some of these up and coming teams, like the Rockets or the Pistons or the Spurs, the Magic. I don't know that he's going to like go back to the Spurs or anything like that. But you know, I could see if James Harden leaves Philadelphia the 76ers being like, well, we need somebody to, to be like the perimeter player that can help Embiid. Um, Mm -hmm. I think he actually plays well off of, or in, in theory, the plays well off of Maxi and Embiid. Um, And I I could see some other teams being out there, but you mentioned, and I'll let you get back into it. The idea that like money won't necessarily be out there. And I think that's true, but I think you could also make the case that there wasn't money out there for him in 2020 when he was a free agent until the bull swooped mm-hmm. in and gave him about twice as much as anybody else was going to offer him. Yeah. But the bulls being dumb that time around, uh, <laughs> I mean, you're banking on another, another team being as silly as maybe what the bulls were from that perspective. Obviously that is why the bulls overpaid because other teams that were competing for DeMar couldn't offer anything more than the mid-level uh, or even the taxpayer mid-level. So the bulls overpaid in that respect. And as we said before, DeMar's just, you know, we should be thankful, obviously, that he's outplayed that contract and he's made that contract look look good and fine, which he has. But it doesn't take away from the fact that the Bulls paid more than what what they needed to for Demar, both in terms of contract value and in terms of actually acquiring him through the sign and trade, which included a twenty twenty five first round pick that the Bulls owe the Spurs and two is, seconds and two seconds, which is certainly not ideal. Um, so from that standpoint, they overpaid. <sighs> I, yeah, I, I just remain unconvinced that any of those teams that you sort of rattled off are really DeMar DeRozan destinations, maybe the 76ers, but even then I don't think he and Embiid fit. 
Um, they play from the same area on the court from those elbows. Demar- uh, sorry, uh, Embiid has just become, you know, a fantastic elbow player. He loves to get into that that uh, mid-range game and shoot his jumpers from there. I don't think that fit really makes sense. I mean, does he doesn't really make sense to go back to the Spurs. I just don't see another fit or another team that really makes sense for DeMar at this money. Maybe other teams like contenders who don't have cap space would be happy to take DeMar on a, a three-year mid-level exception deal, but that's significantly less money, which is why I think the Bulls are in the box seat to retain his services. Uh, now, the question thereafter becomes, should the Bulls be giving DeMar the contract? And, and we can get into that in a little bit more, but uh, I know we're banging on long here, William, so maybe we can um, pay some bills and then let's, let's come back and... Uh, talk more DeMar. Let's do that because uh, my head's spinning with all this math. And if you are in the same boat, you might need to check out Lewis University. Lewis University is made for students who are just like you with full-time jobs, who have families, other activities, and of course, are full-time sports fans. But if you are interested in going back to school to earn a respected degree, you should check out Lewis University Located just 35 miles southwest of Chicago in Romeoville, it is ranked as one of U.S. News and World Report's top-tier colleges. They also partner with a ton of different employers for tuition discounts and offer evening, online, and blended formats to help you balance all of the things that you've got going on in your life, work, family, and education. So if you are looking to complete your bachelor's or check out a master's degree or enroll in some sort of professional certificate program, Lewis has the right program for you. They have several career-focused programs that will set you up for success. They've got graduate programs in criminal justice, public safety, data science, computer science, cybersecurity, business analytics, and finance. They've also got adult and undergraduate programs for accelerated degree completion, such as computer science, aviation maintenance, technology certificates, business analytics, criminal justice, and more so to discover how a degree from Lewis University can help you build a better world, you can go and learn more at lewisu.edu slash you can do this. That was a extremely enthralling read, William. And because of that, I'm, I'm going to go on to Lewis U after this and read more about their program. But before I do that, I'm going to be jumping over to my friends at Sunnyside, the home of judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. And William, did you know Sunnyside has everything, everything you need to elevate your summer? I certainly did know that. I'm assuming you know that. And now our friends listening in also know that too. So Sunnyside is your one-stop shop for all your cannabis needs, no matter whether where you're at on your cannabis jersey whether you're starting out or whether you're a, a very experienced journeyman from that perspective they have you got they've got you covered in whatever you need basically you can just jump online on the uh, on, on the online store you can go to the store itself a physical store pick it up yourself whatever you want to do you can get that all sorted they have a host of uh house house brands they just have so many uh a, an assortment of products that you can get your hands on friends so whatever you're whatever you're after you can uh you, you'll find it at sunnyside cannabis so through august head to sunnyside.shop and use code chgo25 at checkout for 25 percent off friends 25 that's a big number 25 percent off you get that off your total order, one use per customer, whether you're a new use, a new customer or a returning customer. It doesn't matter. You can use that promo code CHGO25. You must be 21 or over or an Illinois med card holder, though. Make sure you are. Talk about enthralling ad reads. We are killing it today. 
um, where were we? So let's let's dive back into the Demar potential extension. Um, you were you were kind of talking about what other teams might value him to the point where he could be somebody that is maybe a flight risk or do the bulls just like have to do whatever it takes to bring him back because this is sort of the, the path they've committed to. Yeah. I want to get into that last point because I think this is the point that I understand. And again, we're seeing some more comments around this. Well, in the comments, we're seeing comments in the comments around the fact that people just don't want to bring DeMar back because he's a 30 something year old dude. And why are you bringing him back at that point? And my contention to that is, is like, what else are you doing? What are you doing? And no one seemingly has a good answer to that apart from give Kobe White or Patrick Williams more touches, which to me is not a good answer. So I don't understand why people are so quick to want to move on from DeMar given what he has been and what I still project him to be over the next sort of two years. What what are we doing instead of DeMar DeRozan? No one has given me a good answer. And I think no one has given or is capable of giving a good answer because there is not a good answer because of what we spoke about before. The fact that the balls have sort of boxed themselves into an aging roster here. They've re-signed Vooch. They've obviously given Zach a max contract. They brought back Kobe. They signed uh, Javon Carter and I to new deals. You're going to be over the cap next uh, next off season. Uh, before the off season starts next year, the Bulls will have a payroll of over two hundred million dollars. Two hundred million. That includes cap holds for uh, Demar Derozan and Patrick Williams. So that won't necessarily be, you know, completely at two hundred million. But until those guys sign new deals, whatever those deals may be, the Bulls will be entering next off season with cap holds included of over two hundred million dollars. The salary cap is one hundred and forty-two million dollars based on current projections. You're going to be over the cap. What are you doing? How are you getting better? Or how are you pivoting away from DeMar? You're not. You're not going to be replacing DeMar DeRozan. The only way to really replace DeMar DeRozan is to do it internally, meaning you move on from DeMar and you hand the ball over to more more Zach, more, more Zach possessions, more Kobe possessions, more Pat possessions, more Vooch possessions. I don't know how that is a better recipe than bringing DeMar back. So if you want to maintain or be as best as you possibly can now. Okay. Yeah. This, what, what the, what the, what the ball's best version at, the, at, at, you know, as currently considered is, is 40 ish wins. It's, it's not great, but if you get rid of Damar and you just give the current guys more opportunities, you, you, you're going to drop from being a 42, 43 win team to a 32 team, a 32 win team. I think I'm going to go out and say, if you just took Damar DeRozan off this team, or if you traded Damar for an expiring contract and some second round picks, whatever it might be, if you did that, I think the Bulls would be a bottom two, a bottom three team in the Eastern Conference straight away. I think that would be worse than the Magic. Uh, and I, I dare say that maybe even the, the the Detroit Pistons might go past the Bulls in that instance. People will think I'm mad for saying as such, as much rather. But I think the Bulls, without DeMar DeRozan, because I don't think you would get much back for him in trade. And assuming you just want to move on from him because you don't want to pay him his next deal, this team, as currently constructed without DeMar or with that with, or you know, with role guys replacing him, this would be a terrible team. So I, I don't understand why people are so quick to get rid of him or want to get rid of him. And I have not seen any good substantive reasons to get rid of him or any, you know, viable viable, viable replacements for DeMar apart from give Pat more opportunities, which I don't think is a good option. So I'm ranting here now, William, but it I just bothers me how quickly or, or how, how eagerly some just want to get rid of DeRozan because they just don't want to pay him his next deal as if, 
as if we're doing something else here. I, I, I kind of get it if you were moving on from everyone else, like we wanted to do at the trade deadline that just passed. But clearly the Bulls haven't done that. They've gone into this team again. They're continuing the continuity thing. So why jump off continuity now when you've done 95% of it, brought back everyone else, but then you're not going to bring out or not going to bring back your best guy? Like that makes no sense to me. Yeah. And I think that's where this super chat from Trey Excel comes in. Shout out to you, Trey. Thank you for the $5 super chat. Um, he says, I would be okay with an extension through 2026 for a reasonable amount. That's when everybody else's contract expires. And I think that's totally reasonable. I think that's probably the most likely scenario, right? Like, yeah, two plus they, one. They just, they have two. to continue. Sorry. Exactly. You know, they have to continue on with what they've built because they've already committed all these resources to it. I think at some point they're going to have to take their medicine on this group and it's not going to be pretty. And the real yep. issue is, you know, they're doing essentially like what the Suns are doing, except for they're not a real contending team. They're, <laughs> they're like loading up on the present, investing future draft picks, going into the, you know, cap. They're not, they're not spending obviously the same amount of money and they haven't given up the same amount of draft picks, but they've invested in a core that will have an expiration date. And when it does, there's going to be a period of downtime that you're going to just have to recover from. And it's going to be, you know, kind of painful. Um, and so to be able to get off of that last trade deadline, when you could have recovered some assets, I think would have been the best thing to do, but we're past that now. And you can criticize that decision, um, but the reality is like, you also need to be looking for solutions. And I think this is, as Trey mentions, the most like reasonable one. Um, because like you said, Mark, they just, ha they have to continue doing what they're doing. And I think that's really like when, when we talked about the Vooch extension, like that, I had no problem with the $20 million. That's fine. That's like, they got them on a, a totally legitimate deal, like a good value contract, but it's the idea that they're committing to him and the rest of this group for three more years, that's a little bit crazy to me. So um, I think that's where the, you know, maybe Lawrence, you can throw up that graphic of the salary cap that I had uh, brought out. Thank you very much. Um, so this is like the multi-year cap sheet and it's a little bit complicated, but basically this year you can look at the tax base column and you can see that the bulls are $484,000 away from the luxury tax with 14 players under roster, they still have some maneuverability. They've got the exceptions. They could go into the tax. We don't know, but this is where things stand now with 14 players under roster. Next year, you mentioned where they were with cap holds. I removed those just because mm -hmm. um, I wanted to just kind of see what their space would look like, assuming they re-sign those guys on numbers probably below what their cap holds are going to be. So Patrick Williams, and we can talk about him next, has a cap hold, or I'm sorry, a qualifying offer of about $12.9 million. So let's let's call that 13. And they are 13 or 12.6 million below the cap. So if you just let him play on his qualifying offer, and we'll get into that, like I said, you're already above the cap. And that does not account for where DeMar is. And that's also with only 13 players under roster. Yeah. Uh, 12, excuse me. Um, so then you're looking at, you know, 30 plus million dollars for Damar, and that's right at the mm -hmm. tax. And again, you've got 12 yeah. players under roster and that's with $30 million and not 35 or closer to 40, which is, I think probably what Damar's going to be asking for. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So th thank you for throwing that up, Lawrence. Like just to kind of illustrate that they, they are committed to this. Like if they want to bring back Patrick Williams, they can't, they can't sign a replacement for Damar. 
Um, so again, I think they're going to have to take their medicine on this one down the line. It's going to end up being worse than it would have needed to be had they done it at the past trade deadline. But this is the reality that we're living in now. Um, you know, I, I don't know that they have like a plan beyond this core. Um, I think the idea was to like let this group do its thing, see how Damar and Vooch affected Zach and try to elevate him into a higher level and then sort of retool around Zach as these guys age out. We're at that part now where those guys are aging out and they're committing even longer. And so that's where the questions about like replacements start to come in. And I think they've done a pretty good job this summer of getting Io and Kobe and they got Caruso on a really good deal. And we'll see what happens with Patrick here, but they've done a pretty solid job of like getting the rest of the guys on manageable deals. But the fact of the matter is they've invested a ton of resources into a big three. That's just not quite good enough. And you can talk about letting DeMar expire so that you can get into an eventual point of contention for like a real title contending team. But it just doesn't even seem like that's the goal because I think we all kind of know what this group ceiling is. Um, and so it makes me wonder whether like they even have, I mean, they don't have aspirations beyond that. So of course they're not going to do what they need to do in order to eventually get there. So, Completely agree with all the cap numbers you floated out there, there before. Another scenario is uh, just letting Demar go. Maybe you don't trade him at the at the trade deadline, this upcoming trade deadline, because what's the point? Maybe you're trying to win games, and the return that you get back for Demar isn't that attractive. So why trade him? Just keep him around for one last playoff run and see what you can do with this current iteration. Like that is an option or a scenario that exists too. So you 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 let him walk in the upcoming offseason because you don't want to pay him his new deal. Fine. Okay. Cool. You can create cap space by doing that, um, assuming you can get off Lonzo Ball's money as well because of you know career-ending uh, the, the situation around his knee, and maybe he gets or the balls are granted some sort of career-ending exception where his money comes off the books. So in that instance, you're taking Lonzo off the books, you're letting Demar's cap hold go away because you're not bringing him back. In that scenario where you get rid of Demar, you get rid of Lonzo off the books. You re-sign Patrick Williams because he's extension eligible now or he's obviously uh, – you can give him a new deal in the offseason. Let's say they sign Patrick Williams to a deal starting at $20 million annually as of the next offseason. Even in that scenario, when you're removing DeMar, you're removing Lonzo, you're removing some of these other cap holds that may exist for like an Andre Drummond or a Tory Craig, let's just, let's just remove them for the moment. Let's add in your 2024 first round pick. Like you're getting at that point close to 130 million just for that nine or 10 guys on that roster just at that point. 130 million guys. The the tax line, as I said, sorry, the cap line, as I noted before, is 142. So in that scenario where you've let DeMar walk, you've gotten rid of Andre Drummond, you've gotten rid of Torrey Craig, Lonzo is gone because of the career stuff, career ending knee stuff. In that scenario, you would only have somewhere between sort of ten to twelve million dollars in cap space, which again, ten to twelve million dollars is not enough money to replace Demar Derozan. But you also have very little money to fill out the rest of your roster. So that's why I'm sort of resigned myself to the fact that you almost have to bring back Demar Derozan because what else are you doing? Yeah, you can move on, you can pivot, you can try, you can do something different. But I guess what I'm saying is you don't have the resources to really do something meaningful that's different. And that's why it would have to come back to Kobe and Pat and giving them more opportunities, hoping that Julian Phillips or Io or Dale and Terry take a step. Maybe whatever you do with your 2024 draft pick, maybe that player helps in some way. But 
I guess the point I'm trying to ram home here is it, it's easy to say just move on from Demar because he's getting old and what are we even doing here? But I, I guess I my my rebuttal back to that is like what are we doing here without Demar? And I I don't think that that's a nice picture either. Yeah, I think, and I'll maybe kick this back to you, but I think the the most likely scenario is that they do what Trey had mentioned. They bring him back for on a two plus one or a one plus one. They kind of mm-hmm. balloon him a contract that keeps them below the tax because we know that's what they're going to do. Um, and I think like they play it out. They see how well they're doing. Um, are they competitive? Are they falling around the plan? Are they below the plan? Just kind of feel out where they are. And then I think, it's, like I said, at some point they're going to have to take their medicine. And I think that can go a couple of different ways. One is ju- you just let those guys expire. You become a cap space team when Vooch comes off the books, when Lonzo comes off the books, and you just kind of have to reset. Um, the alternative is you trade those guys for less than what you would want back. And I think that's probably what's most likely going to happen just because the idea of letting them walk for nothing, I think would be tough to swallow. Um, and while like they haven't necessarily shown the ability to like, you know, pivot out of a situation that isn't going well, I think at some point they do kind of have to realize that like the window that they've created this idea that they're going to like reestablish themselves as a competitive team is not working and they're going to have to try something else. So I think that's most likely going to be the case. I would guess that it's going to be around 30 to 35 million. I don't know what they're going to then need to do in order to stay under the tax, probably, as you mentioned, wave Lonzo, but does that seem like a fair expectation or anything you would say you might think would be different? Well, I mean, it's it's hard to say this today in you know any charismatic means, but like there is scope where letting Demar go for nothing makes more sense than trying to trade him even for something, even if you get back a couple of second round picks. Because what happens if I, I he's he's got a big deal, like it's twenty eight ish million dollars this season. Um, you have to match salaries in some shape or form. Now, depending on what salaries are coming back to you it may make more sense to just let DeMar expire, particularly if those salaries that come back have you know guaranteed years beyond this upcoming season. So unless you're getting back expiring deals for DeMar DeRozan and in doing so you're, you're, you're you know, taking his $28, $29 million and cutting that over two or three guys who may be expiring, like in that instance, okay, I would do that type of trade where you're getting back two or three role guys who expire who can help the current team somewhat. But you, the, the main thing is to move on to, from DeMar, get something back, and maybe you get a couple seconds. Like, okay, maybe I would do that. But if I have to take on money to get back a future first-round pick, or which is probably going to be a bad first-round pick, assuming you can even get a first-round pick for an expiring DeMar DeRozan at the trade deadline, I would be very... Uh, surprised if the bulls could get back a first round pick at the uh, at the trade deadline for demar so i i guess my expectation would be that all you're going to really get for demar at the trade deadline is salary and second round picks to me i would just rather let him expire at that point if i'm adamant that i have to move on from demar so whilst maybe it would look bad and it would be you would certainly be losing the press conference from that standpoint rather than trading demar just for the sake of saying you traded demar to get a couple of second round picks back i would just let him expire in that situation and again maybe that's a hot take maybe we can't say that categorically now without knowing the exact return that you could get back in a demar trade but if my assumption is correct in the sense that teams are not going to be offering you anything notable for a guy who will be soon to or a guy who's going to be 34 in year 15 and on an expiring deal 
Um, my assumption is you, you can't get that much back for that type of player. So if so, why trade him for that? Why take on guaranteed years, assuming you get back guaranteed years in terms of salary for DeMar? Just, just let him expire. Like you, It may look bad, but it, that ultimately might be the, the better decision to go down. So um, again, it's just a, a scenario worth mentioning because who knows what's actually out there for DeMar. Maybe there are better offers and maybe I'm wrong. But in the event that I'm correct, then I would prefer to let DeMar just expire and just clean the books uh, completely rather than taking on someone who might be, you know, 10 or $15 million for the, for the next off season or, or for the next season type thing. Yeah. I think that's a fair point. Um, they could also potentially trade him and use that opportunity to sort of tank out the rest of the season and improve the value of their own draft pick. Um, but I do think that's, you know, a pretty fair argument, but let's take another quick breather here. Mark, can you tell our listeners about, our friends at Shady Rays. I can, but before I do, I've got a question for yourself and Lawrence. Now, last time we spoke, it was extremely hot in Chicago. It was 90 degrees or whatever it was. Clearly, you've both survived. That's just torturous Ooh. weather. You've made it through because we're obviously having this conversation one week yeah. later, but I haven't got a weather update. Is, is it hot out there in Chicago? You, it, are you? It was very hot situation? today when I was walking the dog wearing my Shady Rays. Wow, damn. Well, look, walk I'm glad you're doing that, Lawrence. Walking the, walk the shady dingo that I own. <laughs> you got to walk that shady ray dingo around because he's got a lot of energy to uh, to get out, as you can see. That dingo has a lot of energy, so you need to take him for a walk. If you're out there at Lollapalooza, I'm pretty sure that's happening in Chicago this weekend too. If that's a thing that you're interested in or not, maybe you're just taking out your dingo for a walk. Make sure that you're putting some shady rays on your dingo and on your on your on, on your own head too so you want to protect yourself whilst you're out there in the sun and our friends at shady rays have got you covered because they make the best premium polarized shades in the game and they do it all at an affordable price i have no idea why anyone would bother wearing or paying for these designer brand sunglasses that one are just like 10 times more expensive and don't even look that good to be honest with you and you kind of look like a loser poser as well if you're getting around in those designer glasses. Let's be honest. like It's kind of a ridiculous investment. And if you break those freaking designer glasses, what a waste of money. What a waste of money. Shady Rays, you're getting a good affordable product, but even better, they have the lost and broken replacement policy whereby if you lose or if you break your sunnies, they're going to hook you up with a replacement. So I have no idea why anyone else would ever not wear Shady Rays products. Like, why, why would you go out there and try something else when we have this offer for you where you can jump on with the website, ShadyRays.com. If you use promo code CHGO, you get 50% off two, two plus pairs of polarized sunnies that look good, that feel good, that have got you covered with the lost, lost and broken replacement. And, and more importantly, you just don't look like a complete designer wearing douche. So, like, why would you not want to be supporting our friends at shady rays over 250,000 people have given shady rays a five-star review online so protect your eyes get some pairs of sunnies on your on your shady rays dingo take it for a walk put your shady rays on at Lollapalooza. and whilst all those other poser douches are wearing their designer brand glasses you could you're going to be looking even better in your shady rays so to take it from me just an absolute fashion connoisseur a fashion icon who knows where things are at and i know things are at with shady rays that is definitely true beautiful Adderid. beautiful <laughs> um also shout out to you for knowing that it's Lollapalooza. um so i'm staying as far away from grand park and millennium park area as i possibly can this weekend uh but you know where i am going 
I'm going to Wait, Circle well. K to get some snacks and just hide out in my apartment so I can avoid the masses. We at CHGO are so excited to partner with our friends at Circle K. Make sure you check out your local Circle K for the best coffee. They've got a great beer and alcohol selection, amazing snacks, everything you need from a premium gas station snack selection. That was kind of hard to say. And of course, they've got great deals on gas. So look out for freebies and giveaways down the road. I saw one the other day and I had to drop in, grab a nice cold drink because it was so hot in Chicago that I could barely survive the heat. Um, but they're they're scattered all over the place and they always have you covered with the best snacks and anything that you might need, whether it's a road trip or you're just walking around town, go check out Circle K and thank you to Circle K for sponsoring CHGO. Like I said, make sure to visit the next, the nearest Circle K to pick up all your favorite finds. Um, Mark, one more, one more read for us. Can you, can you tell people about FOCO, our friends at FOCO? <laughs> Uh, can you give me one second? Because I thought you were meant to be reading that ad and I closed the ad reads. Well, who was I reading? Foco. Ah, yes. Foco. Foco, William. The place where you need to get fitted out with the best sports gear going around, whether you're into hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between, whatever it may be. It's baseball season. The Cubs are seemingly winning games. I'm basing this purely on what I see on my Chicago, my, uh, I was going to say my X timeline, my Twitter timeline. And it's the Cubs are seemingly winning baseball games. Can't say the same about the White Sox, I believe. Maybe I'm mistaken. I'm not a baseball connoisseur, but the point is, if you are a baseball connoisseur, if you've got those shady rays on your head, if you've just dropped off yourself to uh, Circle K to get yourself a nice beverage, some gas, whatever it might be, your next stop, friends, is over to FOCO when you can get yourself fitted out with whatever it needs. Uh, our set decorations at the CHDO head, uh, headquarters is all sort of set up. Uh, is all mapped out with a great gear from our friends at FOCO. So check out FOCO.com. Click on the link in the description of this podcast episode. And when you do, friends, you will get 10% off all non-pre-sale items when you use promo code CHGO at checkout. What an offer. What an offer. So I had plans to talk about Patrick Williams. We want to talk about some three-point shooting stuff with this new roster that the Bulls have put together. Oh, you mean we can't talk about for Asian funds, but I just feel like we're in this groove with Demar, and I have a few more questions that I want to ask you about it. So maybe we just stick to okay. Demar today, and then that'll give us some more runway to talk about other things in the coming weeks as the <laughs> summer rolls on here. So you were you're kind of mentioning that you thought letting him expire could be a good option um, because maybe. it could be because uh, you may not be able to get back a lot for him in a trade. So the question I have for you is, is there a number that you could extend DeMar to, to where you do think he could provide value that the Bulls could potentially flip him down the line? I think the idea of a Vooch trade or a Vooch deal at 18 to $22 million a year, whatever the like sliding scale of the 8% raises is at you know each year. The idea of that is nice. As far as a trade chip, I think a lot of these teams now with the new CPA and the punitive, um, you know, restrictions on going past the the first and second aprons, um, they 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 want that in that requires teams to want to get cheaper deals, obviously, but also expiring deals so that they can clean out their books. Um, but if it's a player that they do want to keep around, like 
an expiring contract, I think, does not have all that much value. And so having somebody with years could be more important. I know the Bulls obviously think that Vooch can play into his mid-30s at a high level, and they don't want to pivot. But as we're having this conversation about like eventually needing to you know, move on from this group in some capacity or another, with Vooch, maybe it's 18 to 20 million. With DeMar, like, what's a number that you feel like you know, wouldn't be such a, a tough pill to swallow for another team to where they might actually give you something good in return. Well, I don't think a team's going to give you anything good in return for Vooch. <laughs> so I, and I don't think his contract's bad. I think it's perfectly fine and reasonable deal, but I don't think it's a value deal to the point where teams will be looking at a 35-year-old Vooch, let's say, and saying, oh, let, let's take on this guy's $21 million in the final year of his deal because he can still give us something of value. I don't think teams are going to look at it in that sense. Um, so I don't necessarily think, you know, trading Vooch's money out for whatever it may be is going to get you something back in a trade. What it would be is it can act as part of a salary filler in a in a larger trade where you need to include Vooch's 20-odd million in addition with 20, 30 million elsewhere to, to put together a package of 40 or $50 million to find someone else to trade for. I think that's where it might have value in, in the sense that it could be used to... Uh, you know, collect and contribute to a larger piece of the deal. But this idea that you can trade Vooch uh, for something that's of, of similar value in terms of contract and maybe you get back a, a pick of something or a, a decent young player or whatever it might be, I don't, I don't think that's possible. But can you use Vooch's money to make the salary work in a bigger deal? I think that's where it might be, you know, palatable. And I think the same is true for DeMar. Like, I don't think at DeMar at age 36 or whatever it might be, you know, with a, a $25, $30 million deal, I don't think any team's going to be looking at, looking at that with DeMar at that point being in year 16 or 17 saying, yeah, let, let, let's trade something of value for this type of player. I don't think that would be the case. But what would happen, would what you potentially could be doing is looking for DeMar's replacement. Maybe it's Jalen Brown in two or three years' time when the Celtics – have won a title or two, or maybe they haven't won anything and are looking to pivot and trying to get out of that Jalen Brown deal. They're not obviously trying to replace Jalen Brown with a 36-year-old DeMar DeRozan, but maybe they're looking to add DeMar DeRozan's to their books as a way of escaping Jalen Brown's contract. Now, at that point, what are you getting back? Obviously, it's not just going to be a Jalen Brown for DeMar DeRozan swap. The Bulls would have to add more to that deal to make the, the salaries match. But I think that's all you're really using DeMar and Vooch as as part of tr- trades at that point, like salary matching purposes. So to your point earlier around at some point, this is going to come back to to haunt the Bulls and they're going to have to bite the bullet at some point. I think this is part of that, that the, you're giving these guys the, these contracts now that are going to take them through to their mid-30s, perhaps even their late 30s in DeMar's case. And based on that, like, okay, you're doing what you needed to do now, but at some point it's going to hurt you. And I think at that point where you're going to feel that hurt is – you're not going to get positive value back for these guys in trades, at least in a one-for-one type swap. Like I said, all you can really hope to do is use their contracts in a in a larger in a larger deal. Maybe you can pull uh, Demar's contract and Vucic's contract together, and maybe that's how you get towards fifty million dollars. But at that stage, you're probably still having to move Demar and Vuc and probably several first-round picks to get back someone like a Jalen Brown, as an example. So, I don't think there really is a good scenario, William. Um, yeah, unfortunately. Well, I think that's why you've heard a lot of Zach Levine trade rumors and not a lot of Vooch and DeMar trade rumors because 
the Bulls know and other teams know that if the Bulls are going to somehow pivot their way out of this, and I'm not convinced they can, but if they are going to try, the only way they're going to get assets in return is for Zach. And that's why the asking Mm -hmm. price is as high as it has been reported to be. If they are going to like eventually get out of this situation, they're going to need to accumulate assets somehow. And those assets are going to be in exchange for Zach Levine, not Damar, not Vooch, probably not for Patrick Williams, because he is one of the assets that you are looking for. Um, So I agree. I think no matter what the number is for Damar, no matter what the number is for Vooch, I mean, unless it's like just so microscopically low and that, you know, other teams would do like a Russell Westbrook to the Clippers kind of deal where he just like comes in midway through the year and like, helps an injury-riddled team that has, like, two stars coming back from injury and just in time for the playoffs. Um, I think those situations are going to be so few and far between. And by the way, like, the Lakers had to give up a pick to get off for us. So um, I, I just don't see this ending well. I think that the ride will continue to be what the ride has been for as long as they continue on the ride. Um, but I just – it kind of feels to me like – the the damage is already done having given Vooch the extent extension having committed to more years of this same core they can't really get out of it now while also you know like i i think around the start of you know giving caruso and lonzo and demar and Vooch these salaries and trading for them there was like this thought that they could you know recoup some of the assets they put they sent out i don't think that's the case anymore they may be able to get lucky and get some. I don't think it will be the same caliber of asset, but I think that's the reality. And I think that's the bet they're making. And I think that's worth it to them at this point to be able to be, you know, some version of competitive in the meantime. Um, so kind of a doomer note to end on as, as we usually do. But I, yeah, I do think that like, there is just sort of a level of acceptance to it at this point, which is that like, they're going to try to win with this group for as long as they can. And then we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the part of the show where, you know, we get called negative, you know, Duma balls fans when I think all we're really doing is painting a realist picture. Like any, in any scenario here, whatever the pivot is, it's not going to be good. And the only way out of this is if Patrick Williams or Kobe White take a leap that I don't foresee. Like that is the only way out of this. And if that's and if that were to happen, let, let, let's assume that happens that Patrick Williams takes a leap in this upcoming season. Then okay, cool. You've found a way to pivot out the out of the, the, the Demar Derozan era. You have more flexibility to do what you want, and you're more comfortable in moving on because you feel like you have a ready-made replacement for Demar and Pat, or maybe it's Kobe, whoever it may be. But assuming that doesn't happen, and that wouldn't, I'm not blaming Kobe or Pat if they don't take that leap because I don't, I don't foresee it for them, and that's fine. If those guys are just role guys, and you don't have a demand replacement in, in on your team already, and you don't have the means to acquire one via trade or via free agency because of your cap situation, as we illustrated before, then. It's going to be bad. There's this, there's just, how do you want it to be bad is the, is the conversation that we're ultimately having. Do you want it to be bad with an aging Demar, or do you want it to be bad without Demar and maybe using middle level exception on a role guy? You, you, you're doing this without Demar and you're seeing what a, a then 30 year old Zach Levine can do as the number one guy. It, it's just, 
different preferences in how the situation wants to be bad and dark. So I know we're going to be labeled as a uh, negative pessimists and whatever it may be, but I think, I feel like we're just being realists here and the situation is what it is. And the bulls have put themselves in this situation, which is why we continue to say this, but um, hopefully we're wrong. And hopefully someone like Pat makes a huge leap that enables the bulls to pivot out of the situation. But I really think that's the only way you can do so because yeah, yeah there's, there's no, there's no draft picks really coming in that are meaningfully changing things. As we said it before, you still owe the Spurs a 2025 first round pick. You have no real cap space. You can't trade DeMar or, or Vooch for anything of note. So how are you getting out of this? I don't think there is a way out of this unless Pat becomes Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> well, we just got to wait and let AK cook, I guess. Um, oh, yeah, he's done a great job so far. I, I think we should probably call it a day there before it gets even darker uh, or more real, as some might say. Um, so let's let's call it there. Thank you, Lawrence, for hitting the buttons. We appreciate you. Thank you, Mark, for joining me on your Saturday morning. You can find Mark on Twitter at MKHoops. I am Will Gottlieb. You can follow me on Twitter at Will underscore Gottlieb. And you should follow our team at chgo underscore bulls thank you guys again to everybody who listened who commented and who super chatted thank you trey excel for that um i think that's that's all we got so thank you again to everyone and we will see you again next time okay.